it's really a team record because, uh, you know, I had such a great secondary. Those are covered. A lot of those are covered sacks. You know, if, if the guy's covered, you ain't throwing it. And if we just keep after it, you know, good things will happen, as they say. So uh, I was fortunate to play with a lot of great guys that, uh, you know, are, it's, a, it's a team record in my, in, in my opinion, you know. Welcome, everybody. Westcon Football Podcast, Bart Pastrana, Coach Joe Loth, Pooch behind the screen. Hello. And it's time for the season to begin. The Wolves will be taking on the Pioneers, William Patterson, in Jersey. Game number one of the season, Coach. It's here, it's here, it's here. Yeah, excited. You know, we're uh, obviously we're in the middle of the week practicing right now. Got three days to get ready for these guys. Uh, play them every year, like the last three years we've opened up with these guys. So excited to play them. Last year, tight game with the Pioneers, who had a, you know, a, what looked to be a, a turning point season for them. It ended up being 4-6, and six, and their coach departs for Villanova to be an assistant right there. So uh, let's harken back just a little bit to last year because you open up and you, you, you gave the fans <laughs> a ball game. Yeah, it was a close game, and, you know, we were obviously uh, – learning our way last year, but they were, they're definitely a growing program. And the big thing for me to see is the guy that took over was the DC for eight years. Can he build on what, you know, coach Johnson did or is he kind of, because the coach left, has he got to take a step back and, and, and rebuild the program? But they were definitely heading in the right direction with coach Johnson. Yeah. Well, uh, coach Williams, former giant, uh, has been associated with William Patterson for many, many years former UCLA guy, and, and so he knows the ins and outs. The, the strange thing is uh, no coach has ever left William Patterson with a winning record ever yeah. in the history of the football program. This is a testament to two things. Uh, number one, you play in one of the toughest conferences that I can think of anywhere for Division Three football. It's Difficult and number two is the you know it's the the bottom line where they, they there are just some programs that have been stake bitten uh, over the years where big injuries have come up or kids have played their way to another level yeah. of football and that has happened at William Patterson or, or I look at Coach Johnson who really was having that program go in the right direction and then the off season goes he's a good coach he gets hired by Villanova to be their DB coach. And just as you have a coach willing to flip the program, he decides not to stay. So once again, I think it goes back to Coach Williams, their new coach. I think, uh, you know, they've been great on defense, really good on defense. Oh, absolutely. And he's the defensive coach. So, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to build on that. But he's got the pieces in place to, to continue to build. You almost don't know, though, what you're going to see at QB because uh, they have literally brought in uh, four to six brand new QBs. Yeah, that's the, you know, the challenge we have right now is because the head coach was the defensive corner, new head coach of the defense corner, we kind of look at them program-wise, and we may be wrong here, but probably going to be similar on defense just because it's the head coach was the DC. We have no idea what they're doing on offense. We haven't exchanged scrimmage films. I don't think they had a scrimmage. So we don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know if they're going to be under center, 21 personnel running power and counter, are they going to be an empty, you know, throwing the ball over? Are they going to be an 11? Per- we just don't know defensively how to prepare for these guys except for prepare for everything. A big thing will be 
keeping their defense on the field. If you got a good defense or you have schemes that work, or if it's been your tradition to be a defensive team, you want to tucker those guys out. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, part of our plan is obviously to control the game, you know, run the ball, throw the ball. And we know, you know, on defense, all their good players are back. You know, they got a great outside linebacker, may play DN number 22. They've got a, a defensive lineman that's now number zero. You know, when a defensive lineman's wearing a single digit, he's going to be a really good player. So they've got really good players, some DBs back. And, and uh, so we know we're going to be in for a huge challenge against their defense. Speaking of quarterbacks, on your side, you certainly have multiple threats at that stop. Yeah. You, You've got, I mean, it's hard to say if you really have, is there a number one guy? Because some guys may play in combination. You you really have that great versatility again at QB. Yeah, we have a unique situation at quarterback in that we have a couple guys that can play a bunch of different things. Usually when you try to play two quarterbacks, one can throw and one can run. You know, one's not fast and one's slow. We have two unique guys that can both throw can both run, can be on the field together separately. You know, it's so, uh, you know, our challenge is how do we take advantage of these guys at quarterback and other positions? And, and uh, so it's, it's, it's a challenge for us offensively is, is how do we make it work? Well, you have some very cool customers. And offensively, I've always been impressed with the way guys have developed and come along. That being said, while you've got Blasky as your, your main running back, what has been the, the progress of the guys that you want to be, you know, up next, up next, up next? Yeah, we have a couple guys, and uh, since this is going out Friday, I'm not going to say who they are right now, <laughs> but, but, but we have a couple guys that we think we can spell Chad with, you know what I mean, or play together with Chad. And, and uh, so we, we are really excited offensively about uh, the different pieces we have to be able to utilize on offense. And, uh, you know, us as coaches, our challenge, once again, is how do we put them together to, uh, you know, utilize everyone's talents. You know, it always starts, we always say offensively, it starts off with players. Like, who are your best players? You know, and then from those best players, what formations can you run with those players? And then what plays can you run out of those formations? So it's players, plays, and formations. So, uh, so you know, it's, it's the challenges, you know, having a bunch of guys that can play, we think, on offense this year. I've always loved Westcon wide receivers because they know how to climb the ladder. They use their physical capabilities. They use their athletic abilities to put themselves in positions to make themselves and the quarterback and the offense look good. And you got some guys back who uh, certainly have to be pleased with the way they've moved along during their time with the Wolves. Without a doubt, you know, our, our two lead outside guys and Julian uh, Ferguson and Shakespeare Rodriguez, talented guys. But, you know, what's probably most impressive, if you went and saw our scrimmage against Western New England, was, you know, we, we obviously had the ability to throw the ball really well against those guys. But our guys' ability to block in space, like the effort, you know, what Coach Griff, our, our offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, has done to develop those guys in the run game as much as the pass game is really when you see the complete wide receiver. And we're excited about that as much as anything. Now, defensively, uh, I love the mindset of the, of the defensive players. They're just ready to get at it. It showed in the preseason. It's certainly a big carryover from the end of the last campaign 
guys ready to get to business. Yeah, really our philosophy on defense, you know, if you see Coach Jones, who's our defense coordinator, does a great job, is, you know, it starts with just put the ball down anywhere. We're ready to play. We don't care. And then, uh, then goal number one, you know, is to stop the run. If you look at any great defensive football team anywhere at any level, if you can stop the run, make a offense one-dimensional, you have a chance to be a great defense. And obviously that's our starting point. Uh, we're excited for what we have up front. Uh, we have some really talented guys on our defensive line, and, and uh, it kind of starts there. Before we break and go to the actual podcast podcast portion of the podcast, um, <laughs> I'd be remiss if I, I didn't bring up, again, the fact that uh, it will be the the traveling wolves, so to speak. The, the pack will be doing more road than home. In the past, that's that's worked out just just fine for this football program. The guys I I know have already accepted it. Doesn't matter to them. Don't don't matter. Don't care. But uh, if we're if we're looking at uh, doing the traveling early in the in the campaign, and the first time you'll be at home is. Hall of Fame weekend uh, here. It's kind of, I think it's kind of a nice nice setup. Homecoming, Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, boy, we couldn't be writing a better book to start this season. Yeah, don't even not even think that far ahead. You know, <laughs> literally got one game. It's one game at a time. And as long as you approach it one game at a time, it doesn't matter if you're home or away. This is this week's opponent. One game seasons. You know, win it. You know, cash it, move on. It's really our philosophy. Well, we're going to take our break. We'll return with the actual podcast portion. We will have a special guest, as always. Correct, Pooch? Absolutely. Huh? (laughs) The the whole idea, folks, is for you to be involved with this podcast as well. Follow us along. The social media messages come out, and we always have great sponsors backing us. Yeah, and to be honest, if, if you want to kind of hear our players' perspective, uh, we had a podcast come out last week, and what was the title? What was the title? Uh, the Pack is Back. The Pack is Back podcast. If you want to hear some of our players, we had a bunch of guys on there. If you missed that, that uh, but it's our leadership council. It's the leaders of our team. It's our captains. Uh, are on that podcast talking about our season. It's a little player preview of the season, kind of uh, like we just did right now. Yeah, oh. it was great to put you know faces. If you saw, yeah, you know, we didn't have video of that one, but voices t- with the names that that we're so familiar with, and and like Bart, how you were saying, how excited some of these guys are, especially the defense to to get out there and and the road thing too. Like some of them seemed like they were they almost preferred it being yeah, on the road. I don't care. It, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, look, you've already traveled here from wherever you may be. What's another trip, especially William Patterson, what, did 90 hour, minutes? Hour and 20, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You allow a little bit for traffic. Yep, it's yep. Jersey, you know. But <laughs> no anyway, left turns. <laughs> no <Yeah>. left turns. <laughs> Westcon and the Pioneers are coming up for game number one. The podcast is next Right here, don't go away. This is the Westcon Football Podcast. Podcast is brought to you by Tactical Construction Services, LLC. It's a local business, veteran-owned and operated, that has been in business since 2005. Over 15 years of experience. They specialize in all your home improvement, exterior needs, and guarantee you a job well done. All the way from roofing and siding to windows, they're your guys. They strive to exceed the homeowner's expectations each and every time to get the job done the way you want it. They work in a timely fashion and always pay attention to detail 
proudly serving Danbury and the surrounding areas. They're claim specialists. They provide free estimates. Call them today. The phone number, 203-460-2400. That's 203-460-2400. You can email them, info at tacticalconstructionsvcs.com. That's info at tacticalconstructionsvcs.com. Or stop by their local offices, cross from Stoon Leonard's, right on Federal Road. As promised, back here on the Westcon Football Podcast, Bart Pasterna, Coach Joe Loth, and joined by brand spanking new, albeit thanks to the pandemic, delayed a Hall of Famer for Westcon, a, a football standout. Jamie Prunty is with us. How you doing, Seamus? I'm doing great, Bart. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show, uh, and and thanks to both of you for. Uh... Uh, just initiate the podcast and all the support you've done for Westcon. I think it's an awesome thing. Uh, I've listened to most of the podcasts already. I know you had Glenn on and Coach Leonard, and I just think it's a fabulous thing, and I know it takes effort, so I just want to pre- tell you that it's appreciated by you know myself and, and a lot of the team members. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, I, I personally appreciate it because I coached here briefly in the mid-'90s, and obviously I've been here for about 10 years now. But the era of football, I don't know anything about. I'm starting to learn a lot about is, is obviously your era in the mid-'80s and stuff like that where you guys got really good. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again. And, and Jamie, we should also point out, a local guy who made good at WestCon academically and athletically as well. The Prunty family is, is like a first family of Dan Barry, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of cable TV back in the uh... – 60s so there was uh my father and mom were very busy five boys two girls and uh ellie uh, as you know was our was already inducted into the hall of fame so she was a uh a, a good athlete as well and my five brothers all are pretty athletic themselves um but uh yeah the uh they, they've done well and uh like i said ellie's already been inducted and that might be the first brother sister induction uh so my parents should be proud of that i think so we're going to do a yeah. lot of deep research on that to, to make sure you can claim, claim that, uh, that can brother sister. Can we fact check that? Yeah, we, yeah. We, no, we will do that. No, and you're, and you're right. Ellie is a wonderful person, was an yeah. outstanding uh, athlete here, yeah. Uh, yeah. field hockey, she and even, even ended up coaching for a while. That's uh, correct. Here. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yep. so it's, it's great. And you, no slouch either, because as Coach has pointed out, uh, he had you know he he went and did some research and then posted up the um, various records in, in various categories for Westcon football. And when it came to sex, you know, like many, I'm sure, sitting back going, "Wait a minute, that that sack record is has stood this test of time." It's true. It's true. <laughs> not not yeah. only that. But it's not like they threw the ball a ton back in the 80s either. I mean, so there's less balls being thrown to even get sacked back then. That's correct. Look at that. Yeah, you're right. And a lot of you know, a lot of times that you are close ones, you get there, you got a forced pass, like you're getting close to him, but he gets away. Or, you know, for every one you get, there's probably six or seven that you're close by or you force the pass early. And and, and it's not only my record that I hold. It's, it's really a team record because uh, – you know, I had such a great secondary. Those are covered. A lot of those are covered sacks. You know, if, if the guy's covered, you ain't throwing it. And if we just keep after it, you know, good things will happen, as they say. So, uh, so I was fortunate to play with a lot of great guys that, uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a team record in my, in, in my opinion. You know? so, so coming out of high school and once again, starting with high school, where, you, where did you play and kind of how did you end up at, at Western Connecticut? Yeah, at a high school, I wasn't a very, there wasn't a big demand for a 5'11", 165 pound defensive end. So <laughs> I, I, I played my freshman year, which we were pretty good. And then I, and the second year I had a little bit of speed for a high school kid. So they had me at split end and I would just run patterns and, and I just kind of got disheartened and I, 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 I walked off the team and uh, I regret that. But anyway, for uh, by my senior year, I was a little bit taller, probably about six foot, but only 175. So um, I did play at Immaculate. We were the first team in Immaculate's history to ever go to the States. The year before uh, was the big year they were supposed to have this all-american team and they did well but they they didn't get invited to the states and they had like four or five guys go division one uh west point and the, the keith brother went to kentucky or kansas to play so they, they had a lot of good players uh the year before and we were supposed to be the rebuilding year and we ended up nine and one and went to the state class s championships where we played trumbull high school and uh, i remember that's the first time i saw a guy with a tattoo uh, on, on, and you know back in the 80s it's like only guys in prison had tattoos yeah. but here i am playing across here i am as a defensive end and the tackle had a tattoo and i was like oh boy you know how you get scared of little stuff like that when you're a kid but uh yeah so the, uh, we eventually lost but we we were a first time invite in the school's history and then i, I only got recruited by i think central and then western western connecticut uh, recruited me in Iona uh, out of high school. So I wasn't really a big kid, but uh, within my senior year in high school, I took the next year off, and that's when I went to go see a couple West Con games, actually. And uh, I watched the game. Uh, they didn't have a field. They were, you know, as, as you guys <laughs> yeah, know, we've heard. They, they were playing in that white street uh, behind that school or whatever. And I watched Southern kick the living daylights out of West Con, like 58 to nothing. And I uh, I, I sure as heck knew I couldn't play for Southern, but I thought I might have had have a shot at Westcon, so I went down and introduced myself to Steve Golden at the time, who was the uh, coach or part-time coach, I guess. Uh, and, and that's how I ended up at Westcon. So uh, not a lot of demand out of high school, but I was fortunate to have good growing years. My freshman and sophomore year of college where, you know, eventually I sprouted to six one, about 225 or so. And, and yeah. Jamie, you brought up playing Trumbull? in a class S championship. So we both yeah. know we're old when we can remember when Trumbull was a class S team. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No longer the days, but uh, yeah, we played him in the States for the first time in the school history. So, so when you got recruited, coach golden recruited you, but then coach Pascaloni came in before you started. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I got a, I remember like I, I was unaware that there was even, you know, an administration that had bought into a different football program. They were going to, we're going full scale with a full-time offensive defensive coordinator, head coach. I was still, you know, at those days, I think West County was like a part-time program, right? You had golden, but then you didn't have much of a coaching staff and it was kind of, uh, I don't want to say club, a step above club, but there wasn't as much, uh, you know, coaching staff and support at the time. So uh, I actually got a call from coach P uh, I remember to this day, I was lifting actually in my house and <clears throat> I had the music blaring. And then, my, you know, my sister comes running up. Yeah, Coach Pascaloni. Uh, who? Coach Pascaloni's on the on the phone from Westcon. And I, and I didn't even know that he was really the new head coach yet. So, uh, you know, I said, hey, Coach, how you doing? And then he starts asking me questions. What are you doing? I said, well, I'm actually lifting. Good, good. And then he asked about my background, what position I played and what my 40 time was. And I had no idea what a 40 time was <laughs> back then in the 1980 because, you know, 
McLehide wasn't really on board with strength training and running and all that. So, but uh, eventually he just said, all right, keep lifting. You'll get a letter to report the camp. Welcome aboard. I'm your new head coach, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, boy, I really, I really got lucky because uh, sometimes when you're around greatness, you don't know it until they leave. And, the, and a lot of the coaching staff will probably get into that, but we had some just incredible, he put together this incredible staff within two years. And uh, most of the guys have gone on to be very successful national champion coaches, uh, you know, some to the NFL. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of gratitude to go into the, to the staff that he put together. But that's how I met Coach P. He called me on one summer night, and I was on board, and he said, what position? I said, I like to play defense. I like to get after it. And uh, he kept me there, but I moved to tackle uh, my freshman year because there was too much depth at the time for a freshman to walk on. But there was a tackle I thought I was better than. And I talked to Frank Leonard, and I said, hey, is there any way I could switch to tackle for a year until things open up? And that's how I became on my first year. Uh, until injury, I was a, 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 a with Leonard and the TNTs, and then I moved to defensive end for the next three years until my senior year. So that's how I ended up getting recruited by or my my first induction to Westcon with Coach P. So, so when did you realize in camp, your first camp, that this is not what you expected? Oh, I think of the first day, uh, the first day, <laughs> because when he entered that room, man, you know, it was just a, a relaxed situation. Everyone's talking. I doing. I'm Joe Blow. I'm this guy. And all of a sudden, Coach P slams open the door, and then you see like six coaches walk in. Everybody sit up straight. You know, pay attention. He goes, "This is a monologue," and, and he goes, "Let me tell you something. I'm not here to waste anybody's time. If the, if the, if nobody if anybody wants to be part or doesn't want to be part of a winning program." You can head out that door right now and no judgment passed. But right off the bat, it was like, wow, this is going to be serious. This is not the old uh, lackadaisical attitude. We're not looking for uh, uh, enrollments. We're looking for commitments type of thing. And he introduced his staff one by one. And then right from there, I knew, boy, this this is this this program's going somewhere. And just the Bart can tell you himself, the guy himself was just uh, excellence was in everything he did. You're on time. The drills you do. It was a Penn State program at a Division three school, and uh, and he didn't make us feel any less than Penn State itself. I remember, you know, multiple multiple uh, speeches about, you know, it's all about pride, and doesn't matter what level you are. You know, you feel the same way, fourth and goal. You know, at any school, just uh, you give your best. But that that's when I knew that this was. Going to a serious program was day one. Well, he was, uh, was a walk the walk, talk the talk guy. Absolutely, absolutely, yep, absolutely. There was no getting anything by him, and we had many. You know, I, I used to play my own game for a couple uh, until I found out. You know, this is not going to work for me. He used to, you know, by my second year, it's my way or the highway. Because a couple times I would shoot a gap, I would see such a big <laughs> gap. I'm like, oh my god, look at this gap. How can I not shoot this gap? So I just did it on my own, and he, they know, and they're breaking down film. They're like, what is this guy doing? Uh, and next thing you know, I shoot the gap to the inside, and they run a toss sweep to the outside, and I, and I turn. I'm like, oh man, I'm done. Uh, I might as well just <laughs> hand in my equipment. And then he, he seriously, by my junior year, he said, it's either uh, sophomore end of my sophomore. It's my way or the highway. And and I buckled down, and then I had a pretty good two years after that. But yeah, that's... is there is there anything worse in football than showing up Sunday for film, knowing that coach is going to rewind that film 20 times oh. in front of everyone? It wasn't as painful the first uh, as the first year, but the, 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 when you got a mistake, they let you know about it. And even when we were good, you know, we were nine and you know uh, nine and one, and then ten and one. 
they, there was always something, every little foot, if you like Glenn Worthy said in his podcast, if you left, if your, if your first stand, if your first, your first step wasn't correct, you got a zero for the play. We were graded on every play. And uh, sometimes when the competition got heavy, it, it came down to who graded higher, gets more playing time. And so it was never, you know, it was fair, the competition that went on, but uh it, it was very serious. Every play was graded, and yeah, some games like, oh man, I don't even want to see this. You know, you don't feel like going, but you got to take your medicine like a man, right? <laughs> Talking about some so, of the guys who you were you were with on that that defense, Jane. Yeah, uh, well, there's what three? I think three Hall of Famers on there now. Pat Hackett, incredible player out of Cheshire, Connecticut. Uh, Glenn Worthy, right? The first induction team uh, uh, class, and he was Mr. Stick. He was every bit of that. And uh, the, uh, there's one other guy that's a Hall of Fame. Oh, Nick Mongilla, who I played with for three years, who was, you know, probably one of the best linebackers I ever seen, and certainly the only guy I've seen knock somebody out cold with a good clean hit. And you know, I'll never forget that. Who was that but, against? Uh, uh, Nick Mongilla. Uh, I forgot the name of the team, but the, the quarterback uh, got out of contain in, uh, on the weak side, and uh, uh, and uh, the, you know, the, it puts the linebacker in a bind to either come up now and cover for the loss of container stay in his zone. So Nick came up and the quarterback was trying to get every last yard and uh, Nick knocked this guy out cold on the sideline, the whole smelling salts, the whole nine. But I remember the whole sideline going ape crazy and then Coach P yelling, uh, stop, stop, because, you know, it really is about the health of the individual. But this guy took probably the, the, the meanest hit I've ever seen. And back to your point, yeah, the defensive squad just surrounded by a bunch of Incredible players. I think our last year we had seven of the players out of the 11 in the huddle were high school captains. So there was no, we weren't shy of any leadership. Uh, our sandbacker Fitzpatrick out of Long Island, Sachem, he, he came from a great program and was our, uh, our, our captain for four years. Uh, just an incredible football player. You know, I just have visions in my mind where they try and run an ISO on this guy. I'm like, are you crazy? So I'm, <laughs> I'm straight up with my tight end, and all of a sudden I see, the, you know, Fitzy come to the hole right next to me, helmet to helmet, slam, helmets go rolling. I got to tell you, I just remember being a vicious defense, and, and when I was in a gang tackle, I had to hold my hands in because my extremities would be getting hit from other helmets coming in, and, you know, you get that feeling like you just, you're diving for cover. And, and, and Bart can tell you, like Glenn Worthy, Pat Hackett, Kevin Gauss, all big, fast guys. And I, the one time I did get hurt, it was with, by, by my own teammate coming the other way on a, on a sack. Sometimes you swing around each end, and they took my knee out, and I, I had a little partial tear. But anyway, it, it was a vicious defense. It was the first nationally ranked defense for West Con. And uh, we're all proud of that. And I remember, like, when the second team, we would be pulled after the first quarter on some of the games. And I remember, like we told the second team defense, there's a lot of pride in keeping those goose eggs up because we wanted to be remain nationally ranked, and it would help us in the end. Uh, you know, uh, especially after we had the loss to Plymouth, it would help us uh, try and. There was a possibility we still could get a berth to the NCAA. So, so here's yeah, a question. I'll, here's yeah. a question for you: During camp, when you guys went against the offense, who won yeah. that battle? Blue on blue. Uh, I think the defense, uh, you know, if you ask John Adams, he might tell you something different. <laughs> he was the tackle that I had the pleasure of going next, uh, going against every blue on blue. He was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know, 280, 285. He was, he was good and he was big. He was another guy out of Cheshire. And, uh, you know, and we're taught to close with the tackle. You know, you never let the tackle have an inside shot on the linebacker. So you got to close and you close hard. And then John, I think, you know, by the, uh, the end of his senior year, 
had to be wearing a shoulder brace because of being jammed up to the inside so many times. <laughs> now, we kid each other today about this, and he says, yeah, well, that's not how I recall it. But, yeah, it was fun going blue on blue, uh, and I think, you know, as a coach, that the, the defense might develop a little faster than the offense, a little more timing, even though they know the cadence and the snap count. But as defensively, I think we owned them every time. But uh, towards guys, the end of Did you guys know the calls? Uh, Nick Nick Namjillo, like he's this is the guy they went on to become the uh, the, the fighter pilot, like Top Gun. Yeah. He would know by the third, you know, by the third call, of the quarterback. He just had such a great memory. He would know and call it out, like sweep right, sweep left. He, the guy, he was an incredible linebacker. And sometimes, you know, if in the lower leagues, you can watch a running back eyeball where he's going to run. So he'll look. So he sometimes he'll just stare at the hole where he's going. And that, you know, we would look into the backfield. We have our little tricks, but. Uh, yeah, Nick Mangillo was incredible. We knew the calls, um, but our uh, the defense was definitely by the senior year we had gelled uh, as a really effective, and and then the coaches took a lot of pride too. I just remember uh, the drills that we used to have with Coach. You know, Ripon was on us all the time. His famous saying is, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" And then you had Bono from New London coming in, run it again, run it again. Let's see it again. And you're so. But, but, you know, and I, and I saw him the other day after 30 years. I went to Lunanda to see him. He was slinging booze at the bird's eye up in New London. And he just said, you know, he gave me such a nice hug. And he says, we were so tough on you guys. But, you know, in the end, it all paid off when you get that first berth. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a defensive unit we had. Yeah, and he had a great collection, as you mentioned, of, of coaches. Yeah. And you brought up you, you brought up Billy Bono, who I got to yeah. call I got to call his games when he was in college in the Bronx of New York. That's and, correct. And yeah. then here I am. See, it's like Bono. What are you What are you doing here? He said, <laughs> you know, I, I got I'm the coaching. call. I got the call. Yeah. You know, and and now he's you know he he even had to retire from officiating. He had a bum knee, and yeah. and so what what do you do? You you run the bird's eye up in uh, up in New London. <laughs> That's right. And we, me and John Adams took a ride up there, and uh, we actually went to his retirement party, and then we started reconnecting. But he's he's got some good stories from a coach's perspective about you know, which is always good. Like now he could tell us, but back then he couldn't. No. And there was a, and he was like, man, we were hard on you guys, and I and you know there was some words exchanged. Yeah, you were, and. Uh, I, I just got to tell you that, and you don't realize this, how much coaches really give of their time and their effort. You know, he drove from New London to the Westcon practice field a couple times a week, which is like a two-hour, you know, jaunt. And then he would sleep over a coach's house and go back home like every other day. You know, that kind of commitment. Today you look back and say, wow, you did that for us. So now you're forever indebted for, you know, just, just the guy that we committed to football that much. You know, and, and as a football player himself, uh, you just, uh, you know, he played and I think it was Hoster, right? Uh, 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 home of the the, uh, the Lombardi Trophy, right? I mean, he was a, and I said, coach, what'd you run the, four? he was an a- excellent athlete. All you think, you find out a lot about the coaches after you're done playing because, you know, you don't have the whereabouts in, 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 in uh, during college to, to, to be so thoughtful about what these guys give up and how much they sacrifice. But today I'm so thankful and I let every one of them know. I think the only guy that I haven't let know yet is Marsh because I'm going to write him a special letter and let him know how who, Marsh Petrasio was my position coach, who's you know the head coach of uh, was Staples now Trumbull, won the Jets Coach of the Year, a Coach of the Week award. He's won several state championships, and what an honor it was to play for him and have him as my coach. You know you don't realize it, but he was a, he played for Pascaloni, 
at Southern, so he knew the program. He knew what Coach Pascaloni wanted in terms of a player. He knew the structure. And all this worked to my advantage, which is why, you know, I'm so grateful for it. And, and, uh, and both, you know, look at now. He, he, he only coached the, the, the uh, Oscars, which is the outside backer, and, and the defensive end. That was his two guys, his two positions. And now he's put both his players in the Hall of Fame uh, during his coaching era. So um, I'm just so thankful to have such a great staff uh, that, that I had the opportunity to play for, let alone Coach P. He's a legend in his own. But, you know, it's just it was just a, the timing during that period. The turnaround the program can only happen once, and it happened, and then a perennial powerhouse from thereafter. I remember our first year, like 40 players. By the senior year, we didn't have enough jerseys. We were out <laughs> one to 100. And it was one of the coaches' jobs to make sure we didn't have a double number on the team out on the field. That would be a penalty. So it was just great to see that come to that. And I was one 100th of that program. It was just such a special time, you know. I wish I could remember the assistant coach who, who pulled me aside one day and he just, because we, you know, we were talking about defensive players and, you know, how things had really come together. And, you know, this was approaching a, you know, an NCAA playoff game. And he's like, Jamie Pronty, he looks top heavy, but he's not. He's like one of those Flintstones, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they look big up top, yeah. but then they, their legs just get going and they're like a blur. He's, yeah. He's, he said, people are deceived. And that was, I think that was a big part of that defense. A lot of folks were deceived by what a D3 team could put together at that time, especially on this side of the coast. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole front line was pretty, uh, you know, besides myself, I was the smallest guy, but uh, I had a little bit of speed. But Bobby Brandt, coming from WPI, wherever he came from, Bobby Brandt was a big guy. And then John Filia at 6'2", 295. John was like a mountain to move. And then Berkeley Alexander, how could you forget about him? He was the epitome of a football player in a, in a uniform. He looked like he was could play for the NFL tomorrow. You know, so that whole defensive line was Eric Seminette, small and quick as well. So we, we, we were just fortunate to have a lot of big players, you know. And, and even on the offensive side, Bart, if you look at the offensive line, you had Zabo, the Darren Bear at 6'4", 265, 270, John Adams at 6'6", and on the other, Chuck Blaska, the technician, and Bobby Grant, you know, all those players. I think we had a, we were almost as big as UConn across the board offensively, and that's why we just ran, ran, ran the ball because we could get away with it. You know, later on we found out that that wasn't going to work so well as you get to the better teams with more speed. But yeah, offensively and defensively uh, on the on the line, you know, we were we were we were we were pretty well stacked for that for that division. I'd say for that league. Yeah, I agree. Most certainly. Uh... The, the team ends up having success. You're a, a big part of it. Uh, one of the founding fathers. We'll put you in there for there uh, for, for Westcott football. But uh, you know, there there has to be that that total package. And I know because you've become a success outside of football. The uh, the the academic side of things. I mean, we'll go back decades because there's not all. The, all the support we see now that kids can get wasn't necessarily there 20, 30, 40 years ago for, for kids. How did things come together academically as well for you at Westcott? Yeah, well, it was, you know, it, wasn't, it was no parade, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> you, you, any student athlete, right, after you're done 
with practice, with practice, you got to go and hit the books. And if you're a business major or a finance major, or even, you know, I used to see what Fitzpatrick would study biology and, and hack it too. Who's a chiropractor, you know, it, it, uh, those are demanding. They weren't like health education or, or an easy uh, general studies. Those were hard majors. And I remember like after practice, man, now I got to go, you know, and I got to go to study hall and study and work. So the, the academics w were demanding, and it, especially if you had a, uh, a more challenging, let's say, major. Uh, I remember my, my junior and senior year taking my 300, 400 level accounting courses, and they're, they're tough courses. They're not easy, and, and it's, I guess they're supposed to be. But, yeah, it's uh, academically challenging, and, and, and you're tired and you're beat up. And sometimes, you know, you're nicked up and you're hurt. So, but you get through it. You know, it's all part of the process of being a student athlete, right? You, you, you got a little bit more mustard than the rest of the guy because you just went through hours of physical exhaustion. And now you can take a quick shower, put something in your belly, and then you got to hit the books. So, as uh, to me, the student athlete is a, a, a more rounded and a, and a better choice person to hire because of those factors. You know, and, and academically, I was challenged. I know, you know, uh, when they used to get on helmets, Bart, uh, Coach P used to give out helmets for <laughs> academics, right? As I guess as an incentive to do well. So here's uh, here's a guy like Chuck Blaska who went to Florida, who transferred from uh, Florida Central or one of the Florida teams to come play at Westcon. So and that was a big pickup. But anyway, he would get like 16 footballs because he got a 3.97 GPA in engineering, or, or 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 that's what he was at Florida. But he had some kind of biometric major and he's getting 16 footballs on his helmet and i'm like wait a minute that's kind of not fair because he's looking like he's an all-american on his helmet till there ain't no more room and here's me and fitzpatrick who had like a 2.5 so we get two helmets you know and <laughs> and we used to just laugh after the meeting like wow what are we going to do with these but we made up for him with other you know other accolades but yeah academically it was challenging and like any student athlete you just find a way to get through it and uh and you know, we I did okay at IBM. Let me tell you that a couple times they're like, "Hey, where'd you go to school?" As if I had shown them something because there's sometimes problems in accounting that you, you really need to dig into, and you got to be good at the groundwork. And and like football, you start with the basics and work your way up. So it was another tool that I used uh, towards a successful career at IBM. And let me tell you, I saw a lot of people get passed up before I got let go 29 years. I mean, you were kind of like staying, keep your head down low, but that, that it became the norm. And I'm glad I got 29, 30 years out of them. Uh, but uh, today's world is much different, but um, I got 29 because of the, uh, what I've learned at Westcon, both academically and then the program that gives you the discipline and, and the other things in your toolbox to help you be successful. We're going to take a quick break here, Jamie, and we're going to return and and uh, I know Coach is chomping at the bit uh, to pick your brain a little bit, a little bit sure. more. Me, I'm just happy to see the smiling face of Seamus. Oh. Uh, Jamie Frutti <laughs> will rejoin us here. Westcon Football Podcast. Don't go away, folks. Today's podcast sponsored by Vision Designs. Vision Designs, a full service screen printing, embroidery, signage, and promotional company offering their services to the Tri-State and New England regions. Since 2003, they've had the reputation as an industry leader in all their fields of operations. Vision Designs, proud sponsor of Westcon Football and the entire program, my friends. You can contact them through their website, visiondesignsct.com, visiondesignsct.com, or you can call their main number, 
9898-203-778-9898. Folks, uh, this week on the Westcon Football Podcast, we're pleased to have a gentleman who will, at some point in time, we'll let you know, officially be a member of the Westcon Athletic Hall of Fame. He'll join his sister in there. This could be. we got to have somebody do the the research. The first ever brother-sister tandem enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Jamie Prunty is with us, Coach Loth. Now, uh, obviously, I think he was nominated for Hall of Fame last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, now are you? what is your thoughts on becoming a Hall of Famer, uh, Football Hall of Famer at Western Connecticut? Yeah, well, it's quite, it's quite an honor, Coach. Um, and even being on, asked to be on the show is the podcast is quite an honor. Um, yeah, I mean, I, when I first got the call from, uh, I think it was Tom Cachetti, and he's, I said, boy, you must be getting low with the, <laughs> with, with the availability, uh, and you're down to the bottom of the barrel. But uh, I told Tom it was an honor, and, uh, and I just think it's great that, you know, the Hall of Fame even started, and you recognized uh, certain play and players for their uh, contribution to the program. Uh, football is very much a team program. Like I said, uh, I, I, the, the sack record that I had um, is just, uh, um, or probably why I'm being inducted or part of it, um, is just, again, it's a team effort and I was surrounded by such great talent that uh, uh, it's a joy and an honor to share that. And I, I'll publicly share that with all my guys right now that my teammates that uh, you know share this induction with them as well um so i i embrace it i'm honored and uh i hope i can live up to the standard of a west con hall of famer well besides the the career sack record you've uh shared the single game record and uh, you have also had a, a seasonal mark and at, at west con uh, as well so you're not a one stat pony you know, you know, or a one-category <laughs> pony here. You know, you've, yeah. you've, you've done your work. And look, you you were an impact player. And once you had your your come-to-Jesus uh, meeting with Coach Pascaloni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those you, are tough, man. You, know, it, it, you were a hard-to-beat uh, defensive end. I know it's a it's a team effort, but yep. you know, we, we like to shine the light on people, and, and let's face it, it, of that defense, you've mentioned how many guys are Hall of Famers, right, Coach? Yeah, Love. no question. It's a yeah, test, yeah. testament to how good you guys are on defense. Yeah. I mean, and let me tell you, and like you said, every year was Coach P was like, it's a new year. It's a nobody, no jobs were guaranteed. And uh, I remember my junior year, he was, we sat down, and that's one of the only times he wasn't yelling at me was <laughs> when we have our one-on-one before the season break. And it, it, it was actually – a calm, a calm conversation instead of uh, being reprimanded. But he used to say, you know, we used to hand our piece of paper across the desk to him and they, what do you want? What are your goals for next year? And, you know, I want to run a four, seven, I want to bench press, you know, three sixty five, and I run a squat this and an 80. So you used to have your card. You he looked at it and he was okay with that. And he goes, okay, this is pretty, uh, this is uh, game worthy. And, and uh, some pretty good goals. And then he would say, now, what are you going to do? He goes, now, who's in the, what's the only thing he used to say? What's the only thing that could, you're in the driver's seat. I'm on the top guy on the depth chart. What's the only thing that you could, that could take me out of there? And I used to look at Joe Viafor, who was always breathing down my back, who was an incredible athlete too, you know, dunks a basketball from a standstill. He was one of the younger guys they brought in from New York. Uh, and I said, who's, and to answer my question, who's the only guy that can, take you out of your spot and I said Joe Viafor he goes no 
Coach Pigos, you're the only guy. If you're not working hard enough and if you allow him to take your position, then you deserve to lose it. But he was always straightforward, you know, about the opportunity. If you work harder, you're going to keep your spot. And, you know, I was able, I was lucky enough, I should say, to retain that spot for four years, but it wasn't easy. And, uh, and they let you know about it too. So um, now, now, have you had a chance to watch this play at all since you graduated? Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, a couple years. Uh, I forgot who. Who I, I was good friends with Rocky, who was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, Rocky Kelsey. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Good friends with Rock. And uh, I used to go during his era. I just started going again because they didn't have such success. And uh, I actually used to get disheartened a little bit because <laughs> I used to go see a program. Uh, that wasn't as intense, uh, not under you, because I think you've done a fabulous job and the games are exciting again. And you guys are always knocking on the door of a, of a, of a post post play, which I love. And, I, and everybody loves to see a winner. Right. So you're not as as enthused, as enthusiastic, I should say, to go see a losing team. Right. So there's a while there. And I just kind of like got, like I said, disheartened that the level of intensity wasn't there, you know. To see like guys just lallygagging towards you know whatever play to what you got to go ninety miles an hour every play like you know like uh, like the game's supposed to be played leave it all on the line every day and and you know I see guys lallygagging to the first down marker oh well he got a first down no if we didn't have seven helmets during practice in the final film capture that wasn't enough you know Ripon would 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 be in our face like you know run it again you had an angler pursuit and during that final when the final whistle blew that he's down you better see like seven out of the 11 you know helmets in in that frame he wanted pursuit 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 so to answer your question there was a while there where i didn't follow it as much because they weren't doing as well and i didn't see the level of intensity what you know and and the, and the stands were empty right i mean it's reflective of that but when you breathe new life in the program and you got winners and winners that want to win and, and have postseason that it's 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 a whole new game and it's exciting and 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 and, and i went a lot when uh, will arnett was his name yeah, will Ar- quarterback yeah, will Ar- yeah. yeah he's my Boy, first quarterback a, yeah what an incredible quarterback he yep. was man and it was exciting to watch the offense you know it was exciting the defense was good and uh so to answer your question and i go a lot more now i probably see about uh three or four games every year this okay, year good that's what i like to hear yeah yeah, uh, and uh, and I love the the night games are there. The stadium's beautiful. I'm like, man, it's so exciting to go watch a game and to be to play under those conditions. You know, where we were just starting to bring the the level up of attendance. I remember we played, you know, uh, Coast Guard Academy at night when they first set up lights. Light, Friday night lighting game was just getting caught on back then. And our last game there, we played uh, not so much in, under the lights, but at home game against Hofstra in the snow. We probably had close to 5,000 people, which is a nice crowd. You remember yep. that came, Bart? Oh, <laughs> Austria hated, hated being there. They oh. hated oh. being there. They couldn't. It was like it's snowing, oh. and I it's think that, I think there I think there's some jagged rocks underneath the snow. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, and they had a passing game, so they, the snow helped us. But you know, it, it doesn't help the running game either. But uh, that was a battle that we fought, that that was probably coached. You know, I know you I, during Glenn's podcast, you had uh, what's your best game, what's your worst game. That was probably the the best game we've ever played, and you know, to to stop a a national. Hosser was nationally ranked at the beginning of the season, and uh, to see five thousand people in the stands in the snow and they're hanging in there, you know, it was just uh, it was turning point of the program, and then we win it and 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 go to the uh, and get an NCAA NCAA berth was just like wow. The loss to Plymouth State doesn't matter anymore because that was 
the worst game, right? I mean, that, that was painful. We couldn't beat that team for four years, but, you know, a little bit of solace is that they had a Heisman candidate on the, on the team. But how, many still, time, how many times did you tackle Joe Dudek? Oh, many. I, I, I can't tell you. Uh, you know, I missed a few, but sometimes, like in the paper, I'm like, ah, they show me tackling Dudek. He was he was just a shifty kind of guy, you know. Yeah, was he? he just, a, I don't. You know, I, obviously, yeah. I was in high school at the time. I yeah. knew the name. I saw the cover of the Sports Illustrated. I've never really seen him play. How, was he yeah. a big running back? Was he? No, you know, it's like maybe six foot, one eighty five, but yeah. he was so shifty and quick. Yeah. Like you think he's over here, so you know you're ready to to jar him in that direction. All of a sudden. His hips would shift, and he'd be three feet over from you. I'm like, oh, boy, there he goes. He was just, uh, you know, and, and a feather in our defensive unit's cap is we, we – and I know Coach Rippon and, and Mars and Frank, were the, we held that guy to 67 yards on wow. our senior year, which is incredible. You're talking about, a, you know, uh, a, you know a, a Heisman candidate running back, and he was all of that. But we shut him down to 67 yards, and then we lose to them on a fluke play. What was you know, the final was, score of that game, do you remember? Uh, 21-14, okay. but they won it on a toss sweep. We had it bobbled up, and all of a sudden, Dudek pulls back, and he he just opens up to a wide open split end, uh, who either you know faked slipping or you know one of those things. You know the fundamentals of the game was we had a, we left the wide receiver wide open, and it was was just it a like, throwback or was it the same yeah, side? Was no, it was a throwback. Okay. I remember like we we kind of had him bobbled up. I'm like this isn't going anywhere, and all of a sudden he just peels back and then just goes boop, and then it was like oh my god, the guy goes in for a touchdown and. We lose 21-14, but we were actually driving and just simply ran out of time. We were physically better than them, and we beat them up physically, which is why I think they lost, in my opinion, a mass maritime just a few weeks after, is that we took a toll on them, and they, I think they had a little bit of a hangover uh, after that loss, uh, after their win, but it, we took a lot out of them. And uh, that, that was probably yeah, uh, one, of, one of our best games that we had because we held a uh, – you know, a Heisman candidate to, to, to 67 yards. We lost the game, but... Yeah, I don't think Western know. beat Plymouth till 1999, right? Almost 15 years later. Till, till the big K yeah, booted one through. Yeah. And, and who, who, who was that, Bart? Um, Adam, Adam Kennett was a, was a supreme field goal kicker. And I know, oh, okay. I know how... I know how offenses and defenses sometimes look at kickers and go... Why? Why are we carrying this guy? But Westcott has had. You got to admit, Westcott has had some of the finest kickers ah. ever. The kicker in the rye, Martin Caulfield. Marty so Caulfield. Many, Marty Caulfield. So many others uh, have yeah. been here and done it. And yeah. you know, here's Kenneth, and it's it's probably the biggest booting moment because this one can really win the game against Plymouth, who you've never beaten, and you're going to do it on the road. And you're going to shut up everybody in the stands. Yeah, get that monkey all, off. And all those people who were deriding Westcon players while they were practicing uh, yeah. a day before, and the kid does it. And the kid oh. does it. I have never seen, and I may never see, a stadium arena go that silent that fast. Beautiful. And it's only yeah. me and Jim Stout in the booth mm. who are going crazy. And, yeah. and, you know, Jim Stout, pretty low-key guy. Absolutely. Uh, so for Jim Stout to, to raise it up a notch, because he'd never seen it before, being right. in Plymouth, it was, it was extra, extra oh. special. And I'll tell you, all I could think of were all the ghosts of Westcon Pass, <laughs> whether they were living or not, just sitting there going, Whew. and yeah. you don't know how many former players who told me 
they pulled off on the side of the road to see to listen and hear oh, if Kennett would make the kick. Now, here's yeah. an interesting fact about Adam Kennett. I was gone at that point because I'd already coached at Western for a couple years as a part-time coach. I recruited Adam Kennett. Yes. Wow. That, Joe is, is partially in, responsible is for responsible. making that kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and just like Stevie Golden, who's still part of the Westcon family, by the way. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. In, in yeah. your Great case. Guy. One that, of the nicest guys I've ever met. And yeah. the, the, best, the best shot clock man in the business when it comes to uh, comes to NCAA basketball. Yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, Stevie just uh, just retired, by the way, from the uh, school system, Danbury okay. school system. But yeah, he'll, good for him. But he'll be around at the at the hoop games. And you and you are not even really retired. Oh, sure. Like friends, many friends of mine who have worked for IBM and gotten yeah. the the parachute or the you know yeah. the hearty handshake. Uh, you know, you're you're back in the game so to speak, um, yep. financially, because, you know, they, they just keep pulling you back in there, Seamus. They keep pulling me back in, yep. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm not done. I can't be done. So I'm going to keep working. I'm actually looking to move on to maybe Sikorsky. They just, I got some friends that I that I know in there, and uh, I'm just going to try something different. So, you know, my future's not over yet, but uh, I'm in the fourth quarter of the game of working and just uh, – and enjoying life really now more than ever. Hey, Bart, you know what I think when I hear he worked at 30 years at IBM and he's talking about Sikorsky? You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> Maybe I need to get him to donate to the program. <laughs> 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 All right. But, Coach, in between there, there was a divorce, which basically bankrupted me. There's a nightclub that I bought into, bankrupted me. So, you know, we get, we get, Coach, we get what we can when we can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. But, I, you know, uh, Tom Feely's doing very well Tom, for it, and I, I know Tom he's too. Doing great. Yeah, yeah he's, Tom is one I'm, of our biggest supporters. Uh, you know, yeah. he does a lot of stuff with with our sponsors and, and making the signs and stuff. So he's he's been yeah. great. He's a good guy. I used to, we used to see each other out a lot, and kid who, who we used to kid each other who had the best era of football. And I think his era they went to the second round. So I got to give it to him. Uh, for that uh, accolade, accolade. Yeah, but, he was uh, a good center, we, good player. Yeah, yeah. He we cheese each other, and then we almost won. To, Went into pass drills one on one outside of Molly Darcy's, and like, okay, that's enough. And what, and you know, one of my feathers in my cap, I should, th- is uh, is when Steve Adazio and I went, it, went, went, who just got out of the NFL Patriot camp, went one on one. It was like my junior, senior year. Speaking of going one on one, and I'll tell you what, uh, he 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 was obviously a great lineman at Central Connecticut to even be at the Patriots camp, but uh, uh, what success he's had, right? On a national, uh, he's won a national championship. Uh, with Urban Meyer, right? I remember yep. watching TV and seeing him like, wow, this guy was at Westcon a few years ago. Same shoulder roll, same, you know, stances and everything. I mean, here he is uh, into the biggest, you know, everybody watches the national championship. And here's Westcon being represented at that level. It's just ter- it's just fabulous, isn't it? You watch Coach P, you watch, you know, uh, uh, Frank Leonard with the Rams. It's just like you don't realize until you think about it how well represented Westcon's football program is during you know in the football world. I mean, in the coaching, they're just all over the place at every level, right? And then you got Coach P who's bouncing all over. People are bringing him in, hey, and you know it's it's working like that. Like once you come do a stint here, do a stint there. He's in and out of the NFL, but you know the concepts and what he teaches are basically all the same. And it's just you know his level of commitment is just incredible. You don't know it when you're playing for him, but it's like wow, 
when you step back and look at, you know, the way, and he taught all his coaches were kind of understudies, right? So they all bring that same work ethic and the same structure to wherever they go. And, and they're basically successful, which is a beautiful thing for them and the program, right? Yeah, one so, of the all-time great coaches, college coaches, Coach Pascal. Yeah, oh, no yeah. doubt. And now with uh, with Carolina in the uh, in the NFL. That's right. You got it. Uh, yep. Working with, the with them, with Coach Leonard with, with Penn State. Yep. Yeah, how about that? An analyst job with uh, Penn State. Good for him, right? Yeah, and, uh, and then uh, Dazio now with Texas A&M offensive linemen. So you know they all get connected through the coaching network, but it's fun to see how everybody goes at the end. If they, they don't do so well, then they all get chopped up and they're on their own. It was great <laughs> to see him at Boston College. You know, me and John took a ride up there, and we saw all three: Coach P, Dazio, and Frank at BC. And then, you know that's big time football right there. The ACC, you know, and 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 the place is going nuts. And and they took the time out to come up, you know, and shake our hands on the sideline. You know, so it's nice being part of a family, and I think, you know, like you guys do, you give back where you can and, and keep supporting your alma maters. It's a beautiful thing and your friends. So. Oh, and don't forget, uh, Mars at Trumbull. Oh. And, and when all you guys converge upon New England, you can all stop at Bono's joint in New London. That's right. We can go up to the bird's eye and see uh, Billy Bono. He'll take care of you. He's a good guy. He's got some great stories. He'll tell you now that he couldn't tell us before, but uh, coaching stories about when they used to go recruiting and, uh, you know, just, just good coaches story, good stuff, you know. Well, we good can't stuff. wait till that induction actually does happen for you, Jamie. There will be a lot of good people uh, in that class, but, uh, you know, for a long time I've been asking the question, Where's Prunty? We got this guy. We got that. Where is Seamus as, <laughs> yeah. as part of the HOF? And yeah. now it's going to it's gonna happen, and they can yeah, thanks never so much, take Bart. that away. Thank you so much, Bart. I appreciate that. You know, and uh, as much as you said to me, like, you know, you, uh, you, you nominated me a few times or whatever, brought it to the attention. I mean, like I said, I am what I am because of great coaching staff and because of guys like you, the media. I remember Coach P saying, you know, the media, at uh, one speech he gave – First of all, even under Coach P, I heard seven of the best speeches probably ever I was going to hear when we had the losing season the first year. Second season and third season, not so many great rah-rah, let's go speeches, but more about stay disciplined, stay with the program. It's funny. I learned more when we lost than I did when, you know, at the end of the season, we're 10-1. and He's trying to keep everybody grounded. And, you know, coach yourself, half of being a good coach is some, it's a lot of psyche as well. Keeping keeping players, you know, ready for a game that they – sometimes might not be up for but uh anyway we're all challenged with it but i remember coach p saying about the media like you guys from bart from you what you guys did it was our first televised west Ham game remember a guy named abe to jamie he's out on the same frozen tundra doing the game with with you guys tom george and uh uh who was the other timmy camp rest in peace timmy but you guys were such great supporters and sometimes when you create something that's bigger than what it than it what it really is, and you guys were doing articles every week on one part of the team, you know, and I had a girlfriend who cut all the articles out, and like, wow, it's just incredible support we got back then. And you're part of you know you're one part of the puzzle that made that whole era just very successful. And I thank you for that as well. And coach, the podcast and how you're getting all the players together, it's just and it all takes effort and time and money. And I and I, again, I appreciate it. I do what I can. I want to go support the program and see the games. But both you guys right there, what you're doing is just incredible for the university and the program, and I thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, like, like hearing that you've come to that many games is what, yeah. what it's all about. Because Absolutely. I think no matter what, if you played in 1982 or 1992 or 2012, 
all part of the big same big family, the West Conference football family. Absolutely, which Absolutely. is a unique thing to be part of. And uh, and the more guys that come back and and, and just want to, you know, come to games, that's that's what we love seeing. Yep, yep, love it. Great job, Coach. Thank you. Well, we appreciate your time, Jamie. Thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you at, at games and wherever. You and the family, <laughs> some of the best that have ever been in the uh, in the Hat City, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate all you do, Bart. You're an incredible guy. Give all your time to – it seems like every award ceremony going <laughs> We're just talking about that. Amber Warner, or it's the Old Timers Association. I'm sitting there with Bob Campbell and Dave Osborne, and there's Bart emceeing it. I mean, is there anything – Are they always at the Amber MC? Room, too? Yeah, always at the Amber. He must know the menu. <laughs> I'm gonna have. I didn't like the chicken cajutori. I'm gonna have the stuff. But uh, yeah, Bart, you're incredible. Thanks so much what you do for the kids, you know, and and the community. You're you're an awesome, awesome guy. Best to the family. Yep. Yes, Appreciate you thanks, coming guys. on, guys. Thank you so much. See you soon, Coach. Yep. Gonna ramp up this Westcon Football Podcast. Bart Pasterna, Coach Joel Loth. Pooch behind the glass, and my friends, uh, great to have uh, heard from Jamie Prunty. And he's always Jamie's always afraid, gonna forget this guy, gonna forget it. Hall of Fame and Jamie Prunty, they should be afraid they ever forget you, you record holder, you. So don't you dare worry. One of the best, one of the brightest, and uh, such a good guy. We're hoping to see his keister in the seats at the uh, at the whack. Uh, this coming season for the home games. Again, Westcon will be facing William Patterson in game one. Then it's Albright on the road for game number two. But as Coach Loth says, we're not looking ahead. Pioneers, right chat, right now. First game officially for the football program as the Wolves, yum, yum, eat them up. Wolves love pioneers and those covered wagons. Westcon Wolves, here we go. Oh, Coach, good stuff, and uh, we appreciate Everything that's been done in the offseason, great to see this team out there getting ready for some football and, uh, and and bringing it back. It's just such an integral part of the entire college experience here and has been for decades. Yeah, you know, that's, that's college football on every campus, right? It kind of brings the community together. And uh, that's why looking ahead, which I'm not doing, you know, getting back on campus for that game is, <laughs> will be exciting for everyone. And folks, looking ahead, the 24th, I know, we, 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 Coach will look ahead, I'll look ahead, make plans to be here for homecoming weekend. That'll be around the 24th of, uh, of September. You know, last year it was capacity crowd for home game number one, and we'd like to have an overflow and see all of you, don't you know? Sounds good. Coach Doloth, Bart Pasterna here, Pooch Behind the Glass. Join us again for our next edition of the Westcon Football Podcast. Uh, and if you can't make the trip this weekend to the game, uh, you can watch the game live on westconathletics.com. Yeah. Kickoff's 1 o'clock. Kickoff's 1 o'clock. The Westcon Football Podcast is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCSU Podcasts, and feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening. WCSU.